0: So it's the season, right? This is uh, the holidays we're coming up, uh, even toward. It's the holiday season. Yeah, just like that, with more trees. Uh, I think last time we talked a little bit about like Christmas trees and having a real tree and having stuff like hatch inside of your house from the real tree and <laughs> all that type of stuff. So yeah, these are definitely like homeowner problems or at least renters problems. What about people who live in RVs and uh, like camper vans full time? Do, do they travel to a big Christmas tree or do they have like a, a really small tree inside their little setup? Well, if you live on like a campsite, you could definitely have the tree outside. I just wouldn't suggest putting the presents out there. I feel like if you were going to do that, though, then you could just go to wherever there is a really nice tree and you can decorate that tree for one night only and put a, like a blanket on the ground for the morning and then go outside and maybe it's snowy and you're outside and there's gifts. I, I, I don't know. Like, is that a thing people do? Um, I don't think that there is a RV slash homeless mecca of christmas trees that you can just decorate however that sounds like a great business idea yeah you can have like Like, a a christmas forest that's an rv park no get this have a christmas forest where you can rent an already decorated christmas tree for like let's say 50 dollars an hour Like, that's like single dad heaven. Like, then you don't have to have the tree. You can just bring your kid to the farm, bring the presents, open the presents there. There's a little trash can right next to the tree. You're good to go. Huh. Okay. Yeah, so it's like a, um, it's like a rental Christmas space. A rental Christmas space. Right, like when you go to those things for birthday parties, and, uh, it's got, like, a bunch of bounce houses inside, like, a warehouse building- and then uh, you do that whole thing. You don't have to have that shit in your yard. You don't have to like have kids like yackle over it, and they're throwing up their birthday cake, and you have to clean that off with a water hose. And then there's like water damage on the thing. And you got to pay for that. And some kid like jumped out and like sprained his ankle. And uh, you've also got all that garbage around your yard. You can just go let somebody else handle it. It's like Chuck E. Cheese, but you know it's not completely like shamelessly making you fat and sad. Hey, hey, hey. As someone who is fat and sad, it's not that bad. It just gets lonely sometimes. And now, a special holiday presentation of For Your Filmation with Zach and John. what's up and hello and happy holidays from for your information with zach and john i'm zach and i am john john yeah there's black friday yeah but then there's black christmas so is this the movie where black santa's from no um black santa exists exclusively at department stores i believe Ah, oh, okay okay I mm. Well, you just ruined Black Santa for me. I thought he was the real Santa Claus. Like, a uh, White Santa was something that you made up, but Black Santa was real? Santa's whatever you want him to be, man. I mean, some people think Santa is um, a demon somehow. Alright, well, let's not get racist. Uh, uh, is calling someone a demon racist? If they're Black Santa, it is. Oh, okay, true. Well, I mean... No matter what your skin tone is, I feel like you can be a demon. Do you think uh, demon-ism is equal opportunity employment? Um, I do believe so. I mean, if if the Bible's true, and I mean, most of that's true, so... Okay, okay. I, I, I'm liking where this is going, I think. I, I feel like this is a, a future, inclusive workplace where Santas can be judged by the content of their character and their work ethic and not by the color of their skin, or by um what they prefer you leave out for them on the table to eat and drink yeah so what did you leave out for santa um like as a kid or like most recently um okay both okay uh well if leaving something out for santa means leaving something out uh on christmas eve then it was probably like uh like a like a plate with some baked bean stuff on it or something from like the christmas dinner because like i didn't put something out for santa claus but there was something out that he would have had access to Uh, okay so as a kid you didn't put cookies out. oh as a a kid i did that but i'm talking about like last year oh okay because <laughs> practically there's not really a difference between leaving out a dish with some food on it and intentionally leaving out something for santa claus so we're um. going to dig into a double feature this week we have black christmas from 1974 and we have black christmas from 2006 and this is of course because uh the newest rendition of black christmas comes out uh this week on friday mm. And we'll talk a little bit about that, but not much as to we have not seen it. Yeah, so, I mean, it's kind of impossible. It's in the future. Yeah, so I have no idea how good that movie is. This is neither an endorsement nor a uh, call to action. Is this like a sequel that nobody asked for, kind of like Ghostbusters? No, it's um, definitely a remake. Uh, They're taking it in a slightly different direction. When you say slightly different... Well, um, in this one they fight back. Oh, so it's like Home Alone, but there's uh I don't, I don't know more at stake. I, I guess. They're like, making Home Alone. I, I guess so, but like I guess so probably like the first girl gets murdered and then they all start like trying to fight back against uh the serial killer. Uh, spoiler alert. Yeah, it's Oh. <laughs> it's a slasher movie like they like they haven't made 15,000 of these. However, um, this was actually one of the first slasher movies and it... um inspired a lot of the ones that came out after it uh this one and texas chainsaw massacre came out in the same year but then uh halloween which is what started the whole slasher craze didn't come out until uh two years later i think i want to say it was it was the late 70s so it was either 60 or 60 <laughs> it was either 76 or uh, 78 i don't remember which one yeah um and that is a john carpenter's halloween not a rob zombie's halloween right totally different thing rob zombie was a child rob zombie was definitely a little baby he was um I, I don't know what rob zombie did as a child i feel like he wrote a lot of four wheelers yeah i could see that uh monster wasn't a thing yet they just had a, a black coffee <laughs> what, what did people do back in the day to get crunk um probably huffed paint i don't know you know what the ramones did write a whole song about sniffing glue they did and it's probably the most wholesome thing that they did to themselves sniffing glue Yeah, probably it's like, yeah, it's like when the doctor's like checking off all the stuff that they say they've done... Like sniffing glue is just like you know like the last thing on that list he's like yeah that's fine whatever. do you think there's a tipping point for that type of thing where it's like they compound so like uh takes them pretty benign like um i don't know uh consuming more than three alcoholic beverages in one sitting okay so a lot of people do that that's not something that typically ruins people's lives uh maybe uh occasional cocaine use okay we're starting to edge a little further out uh, on a limb there uh sniff and glue okay that just seems kind of desperate i don't know why you didn't try to get something else what what is the what is the straw that breaks the camel's back there is it is it whippets like wh- where do you where do we draw the line what are that's where you take a can of whipped cream and you just inhale the gas uh- guys heroin is so cheap <laughs> i I, (laughs) just do heroin I, i see zach the problem is the fentanyl thing now the fentanyl will kill you The the heroin will also kill you but it'll kill you slowly heroin will kill you eventually from not being able to have money to have heroin that's what'll kill you so you think that if you had an indefinite supply of heroin you're you're better off just doing the heroin persistently it's like people who really don't want to stop smoking are like i've been doing it for so long it's better for me if i just don't quit No, I mean, the best thing is to, well, A, while we're on that, never start smoking. As a uh, almost 10-year smoker at this point and not happy about it, uh, the best thing to do is to just never start. And the same goes for heroin. Apparently, it's a bitch to kick. Hey, man, I'm happy to say I quit everything, except... Alcohol. You obviously never quit. Never alcohol. quit alcohol, and I picked up a ripping coffee addiction. A ripping, ripping coffee addiction. Coffee. I never, I never really got into coffee as much. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, you know, uh, necessity is the mother of invention, and it's also the mother of my coffee addiction. I don't think it's necessarily a sleep thing. Uh, not always, anyway. At first, it was. That was where it really got bad. There was a period of time in my life where I was. I was getting maybe four or five hours of sleep a night if I was lucky. And I was working really, really hard for a few weeks straight. And uh, I drank hella coffee. And that... Mm -hmm first off made me appreciate the value of actual sleep and second off made me appreciate the value of coffee and so when i can get both i use both <laughs> so you're kind of like swinging a double-edged sword then yes. like literally not even in like a bad way it's just like you now you have, or maybe you have a dual lightsaber yeah like a like like a darth maul situation like on the one end there's sleep and on the other end there's black coffee and i swing it around and uh i look like a total jackass like a javelin that no one asked for mm-hmm. well why don't we go ahead and get into this movie uh, we spent an awful lot of time uh working our way into this so let's start with black christmas uh the 1974 version so this is an interesting thing in that we have three different boots of this are you going to call them boots are you going to call them remakes or both i mean you can't really reboot a single movie can you uh i mean you definitely can if you're trying to franchise it but i don't think the intention is to fran was to franchise any of these um i think it's truly like uh, the 2006 version in particular is a reimagining and i think that the new one having not seen it but seeing the previews i think it is also a reimagining uh Having watched the 1974 version after the 2006 version, I'm going to call it a defecation. <laughs> yeah, the 2006 one is uh, not very good. It's li- uh, how do I how do I say this? Um, uh, it's the down by three eleven of Black Christmas movies. Oh, is it? Is it worse than Wicker Man 2006? You know what? It is literally the same concept. It is the exact same thing that happened. I'm so glad you brought that up because that is the perfect way to describe what happened to this movie. Dude, it's, it's, it's a complete bastardization. But anyway, we will... We will get to that when we get to that. I would love to talk about the 1974 version because uh, this is one of my favorite Christmas movies, and it is also Steve Martin's favorite Christmas movie. Oh wow, fancy that! So this guy's just sitting on at home on his couch, uh, probably nude, uh, playing a banjo. Playing a banjo. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly where I was <laughs> going with this. Uh, Clawhammer banjo in hand, uh, eggnog, watching this. Yeah. It, it's so weird and like the only way that anyone knows that is olivia husey was cast in roxanne mm-hmm. which was a steve martin movie and he said oh you're in one of my favorite movies and she thought he was talking about uh the romeo and juliet that the 1969 romeo and juliet which john you have seen because we watched it in miss morgan's lit class oh yeah i remember that yeah so that was juliet and then he was like no it's black christmas i've seen it like 27 times and she was like what the fuck is You know what, that's great though It's good to get recognized for your lesser known works sometimes Just to know that someone's paying attention It's like if you do a survey and one of the questions is Mark, answer D Just to show us that you are reading the question Correct Right. That's what this is So like if you say, oh, you like my work? Oh, what's your favorite one? And someone says Black Christmas You're like, okay, they actually know some shit that I did That's like uh, the answers were A through E And you wrote in your own answer Exactly, yeah, just because it said on the top Write your name on the paper and turn it in my name is Flagaga. What? You know what? I don't care. I mean, I, oh, okay. this, this is not legally binding. Okay, so um. Black Christmas 1974. Uh, released December 20th, 1974. Uh, directed and produced by Bob Clark, who is famous for Porkies, uh, Porkies 2, and A Christmas Story. I guess he has like a Christmas thing going on? Yeah, but what a weird filmography. I, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I... What an incra- Like, three very different movies. Like, if we're just talking Black Christmas Porky's and A Christmas Story, just very different. I haven't seen Porky's. I- I've heard so much about it, and I just have not gotten around to watching it. I just got around to watching Step Brothers last night. What? Yeah, I literally watched it last night. Okay, well, we won't do a review on that one, because I don't think it's really worth doing what we do here on it, but did you like Step Brothers? I thought Step Brothers was pretty good. Uh, it was... It's exactly what you think it's going to be. It's just kind of a wacky movie, Uh, not like Mm -hmm. this at all. No, this one is wacky in a different way, and that is all thanks to a screenplay by Roy Moore. Uh, Yes, nothing sells a movie about predating on nubile girls like a name like Roy Moore. Roy Moore. This was like one of his uh lone screenwriting credits from what I saw. I didn't really see anything like else big in his wheelhouse uh, if I'm wrong, someone correct me. Mm-hmm. But um this movie had a budget of $640,000 and a box office return of $4 million. That's uh not bad considering the time and considering the movie and uh horror movies at Christmas apparently that's not uncommon. Um, not after this movie, like, it was, um, kind of a new thing when this came out, but, you know, it it was like we were talking about last week, like, you know, they release movies on Christmas, or, like, right there around Christmas, Mm -hmm. to, like, get in on that, uh, either people who don't celebrate Christmas money, or, like, you know, families that don't really do anything traditional, so they go to the movies, like, they're trying to cash in on that, and this, um to me if i was a producer on this film i would think this was a big gamble yeah i could see because, that like because are people really gonna want a like demented christmas movie yeah and this one i mean i i like that you brought this up in the context of like it's before halloween and around the same time as texas chainsaw massacre because i would put this on a similar tier as texas chainsaw massacre for how like disturbing it is it is disturbing but in a different way whereas a texas chainsaw massacre was um extremely bloody and like gory this movie actually leaves a lot up to interpretation right i feel like this one is more realistic and chainsaw massacre was maybe like surreal like it didn't feel like a real thing but it was too gritty to ignore correct it could uh, happen but it also couldn't happen this one is totally in the realm of possibility and it's just that there are strange characters Right, and like, everyone in this movie is very weird. Yes, they definitely are. Uh, One thing that I also noticed about both of these movies is that, again, moving into the cast here, um, there's too many characters to keep track of, I think. There's too much going on. Uh, There are too many people, well, people. There are too many characters that ultimately do kind of the same thing. Mm
1: -hmm. It's like
0: trying to keep track of all the kids in Friday the 13th. Right, it's it's truly they're there for body count. Right, like you're not, you know them by face, but you don't really know them by name. Like they might mention the first name once or twice, or they might even mention a whole name once or twice. But like, you're really not going to pay attention to that, I don't think. Not for all of them not for the whole thing no a few people in the 1974 version that kind of caught my eye uh margo kidder played barb uh, barb is a character throughout most of the movie uh, of course not all the characters last the entire movie i guess that's just the nature of slasher films um she's actually a canadian-american actress and was an activist up until her unfortunate death last year actually uh, ruled a suicide that's unfortunate that is very unfortunate and uh, as um and go ahead oh, sorry. As a... and as mentioned previously uh, olivia Hussey. Uh, Plays Jess, and she's actually an Argentinian actress. Yeah, and, um... But she always has a British accent, dude. Um, people from Argentina have a British accent. I don't know what that's about. I know there's a little bit of that going on in South America. Like, it's a popular place for people to go to from Europe. I know there was a lot of controversy surrounding, like, uh, German families from the late 40s going to Argentina. Yeah, they just so happened to uh, be making a lot of money in Germany around World War II, and then, uh, you know, the whole nazism scandal happened and then they moved to argentina and were never heard from again hmm, that's weird crazy isn't it it's so weird yeah why did How that, did that happen? just i i don't know man uh akir duella okay so he plays peter who is uh the, the boyfriend we're just gonna call him the boyfriend in the movie um who we've actually covered before 2001 a space odyssey he is hey, a doctor, friend of the show yeah, dr david bowman Yes, he was uh, He was the main character in 2001 A Space Odyssey, and then he's in this movie for some reason. Yes. Uh, John Saxon plays Lieutenant Fuller. He's kind of the the, the lead... We're going to say... Uh, I don't want to call him protagonist, but I guess he is protagonist. He's the lead detective on the case, so he's trying to get this thing figured out. Uh, actually, a very prolific actor. He's got tons and tons of stuff in his filmography. Uh, Gunsmoke and Bonanza being some TV bits that he was really famous for. Yeah, and he's very he's very believable cop he is he has that face so like again with the westerns and stuff he did a lot of that um just some people play certain roles he he was almost like a typecast thing i guess and that's what like sometimes especially as like actors get older they do get typecasted a little Mm -hmm. bit like you know if you're if you're good at playing a cop you're gonna be a cop Okay, so uh, let's hop into the critical reception. This movie did surprisingly well and has continued to do surprisingly well over time. Uh, an IMDb score of 7.2 out of 10. Rod Tomato score 69%. 69. 69. Which I think, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like that's really low for this movie. Like, I feel like, because that's like a, a C. Uh, yeah, I Almost think a so. C? But for a Christmas slasher film, I mean, it's a good one. Don't get me wrong. But considering the score that the 2006 version has, um, it's pretty... Pretty hot. You know what? That's fair. Now, uh, this is actually regarded as one of the more like refined slasher movies of this time period. It balances out like the gore and the violence with some more like sophisticated horror elements. So uh like true suspense, uh camera work is very well done. All these things contribute to an atmosphere that really sells the horror part of it. Cause like it's not necessarily like a Christmas flavored horror movie, but it kinda is a Christmas flavored horror movie. It's almost like, you know. Die Hard just so happens to take place on Christmas. Right, that's like a Christmas-flavored action movie. Right. this I, I would say this is mostly a Christmas-flavored... Um horror movie because you know it's like they're using elements of christmas like just around like as a setting right and there's not there's nothing christmasy going on it's not like santa ends up being the killer at the end or something right but there are much fewer gags in this movie than there were in the 2006 version uh the 2006 version having like uh kills involving christmas lights and uh a christmas cookie plot line and like it we'll get to that but like it it There's a lot going on there that did not translate so well. That reimagining part, in my mind, did not go very well. No, it did not. And uh, before we get over there, um, one more thing that I found interesting was uh, this movie was was going to be released on television as Stranger in the House in 1978, but it was pulled after members from the Chi Omega sisters at FSU. Begged uh, NBC to pull it because uh, two of their sisters were actually murdered that same week in a very similar way to the movie, and it turns out after the fact that it was Ted Bundy that committed those murders. Yeah, so this is another one of those things uh, that happens sometimes where you have like a release of a movie that coincides with an actual event that just kind of like, uh, hmm. Are we really going to yeah, follow through like, with this? It's crazy. Like, that's just... Especially, like, a movie that had already come out and it was, like, over. Like, it's going on TV. Like, it's a sanitized version of the movie that already came out. So it's just crazy to me that this happened then. But I guess that just kind of happens sometimes. You know, sometimes it's, uh, it's like, a global event. Sometimes it's something really tragic. And in this case, I'm going to go with tragic. But spooky, though, right? That you would have something like this happen almost exactly the way that it happens in the movie in real Mm -hmm. life and then have to go through this whole process of deciding can we still do this should we still do this do we listen to these people who are going through a really hard time right now that's a really bad press look for us and for them i guess network tv was a little bit more powerful at the time so they were a little bit more concerned with their public image but today i feel like it would be something that they take to the internet over yeah they would take it to the internet and the company wouldn't care actually and i mean even then um further reading about this um they actually just they while they were going to just play an alternative movie for that market in particular like that state but then they just ended up pulling it all together Hmm. just out of respect i get it i think they made the right call and for a movie i I don't don't feel like the movie really needed the help you know like if it needed to go on tv they could wait a little bit it was already it was already done with it was four years old Right, and I think they ended up showing it um, as a late-night movie, like, in February or March. And how chopped up would the movie have to be to go on TV anyway? Um, I mean, there's certainly a lot of foul language in this version that I think they would have to clean up. A tremendous amount of foul language. Yeah, especially, like, this was actually one of the first instances of an American movie using the word cunt. Yeah, uh... And... Actually, weirdly enough, that had to be edited out of the European version. Huh. But what about the Australian version? Uh, probably that one, too, because, um, Jim Jefferies was not a comedian at this time. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's in the Australian lexicon. It, it's an overlooked swear here. I'm not gonna say that I'm glad that it is the way that it is, because I don't like the word, but it, it's an underappreciated swear. Um, I think... It's one of those ones that I don't really use a lot because it does truly tend to offend people for whatever reason, even though it kind of really doesn't mean anything. It's kind of like a blanket word, Mm -hmm. but um, I don't know, like I I, I always end up saying it in a jestful way and not in a uh, angry way so the 2006 version was actually released on Christmas so December 26 2006 in the US uh, the UK had a release of the 15th so it was actually earlier uh, not something that we always see yeah the, if it's an American movie it usually gets released first and that kind of makes sense uh, it's from Dimension Pictures which is a part of the Weinstein company it was shocker a movie Ooh. that features sexual assault and attacking women uh, again with the, the Weinstein thing Yeah, there's a lot of of that in those movies when you go back and look at it. That's just Pulp Fiction, uh, "Eh." Black Christmas, uh, like all these movies (laughs) that just have these really questionable content decisions. Uh, Because especially after watching the 1974 version, that's not a part of it. Like the part of the movie where uh, Billy, the the killer, uh, actually is assaulted by his mom and makes his half-sister slash daughter, uh, that's not in any of the other stuff. They made that like, up. They put that in there. It's the problem that people had with um, Rob Zombie's Halloween as well, where they gave too much backstory to Michael Myers, whereas I personally enjoyed that about the Halloween, Rob Zombie's Halloween. I appreciate it being different. However, this movie, way too much backstory. Like, I don't need to know who this guy is. It's way more creepy if I know nothing about right. him. Right. Like, we, in, a, in the 1974 version, we don't even see his face. Yeah, this is the similar problem that we see with The Wicker Man, where we have the older version, which is just fine as is and then the newer one which goes on and tries to explain more of um they change his name edward manis the yeah manis man phallus again with the i'm done with that movie uh we're, <laughs> we're, done, we're talking done talking about, about the movie. phallus. no but uh it they tried to explain more about him and where it comes from and why he does the thing he does and why that's important to the story it, it's not really they just did it and it didn't really come off very well Mm -hmm. and this one kind of does the same thing where in the last one the killer it's a different killer but it didn't need all this backstory we all they didn't even explain anything about billy or who billy was or what billy is or like anything like that in this movie they didn't even confirm the existence of billy in the original but in this one in the 2006 version that's like a major focus of the movie it's just explaining who the fuck billy is Right, and I think this has to do with the time it came out where uh, we were getting a bunch of origin story movies, and so everybody wants to know like well where where did this person come from? why is this character here? I want to know more boo because I'm stupid and I'm from 2006 um but like we don't like I said, I prefer the 1974 version in that where it's like we don't need all of that I don't need to know like I liked the 1974 version just fine mm-hmm. Like, this movie just didn't... This one didn't do it for me, man. Like, it just really didn't. And especially being directed by someone who directed a lot of X-Files episodes. Yeah, Glenn Morgan. Glenn Morgan. And that being said, while we're getting in there, uh, Glenn Morgan also wrote this. Um, The 2006 version of Black Christmas is a uh, loose translation of the 1974 version. It is. And, um... it borrows pretty much in name and vague concept only. Right. Which, how much of a vague concept could possibly be? It's a slasher movie. Well, and, like, even the original one is based on uh, When a Stranger Calls, mm-hmm. which is in turn based on, like, the old urban myth of, like, uh, the babysitter and the man upstairs, where it's, you know, you've, you've heard the story a thousand times. It's, you know, the girl's babysitting, the kids are upstairs in bed, she starts getting weird phone calls... You know, they're, like, disturbing and, like, saying he's going to kill the kids. Right, like, the IRS is coming to take your money, and if you don't give them $50,000 in Amazon gift cards right now, they're dispatching local police to your location. See, that's just a modern era. Like, the first time I got one of those calls, I was like, oh, shit, oh, shit, what did I do, what did I do, what did I do? And then I was like, oh, this is fake. Yeah. If they were really coming to get me, they would have just came and got me already. Yeah, I like to, when I get stuff like that, just ask people, like, okay, what's the building number of the building you're in right now? They'd be like, ah, uh, yeah. Be like, oh yeah, because I'm on Google and I'm looking at the IRS office on here, and uh, that's not it. So uh, what gives, dude? It's crazy. And then like ask them like even bigger like questions that they should know. You should be like, uh, what's my birthday? Ah, yes, the good old birthday gag. What's my birthday? What's my social? Because if they know your social, you know, then you know that that's out there. A and B. If it is a legit call. They might actually know. Yeah, the IRS doesn't even reach out to people like that anyway. We are off-base talking about IRS scams. Hey, tax season's coming up, That's boy. That's true. Uh, I mean, people who run IRS scams got to put uh, presents in the stockings, too. So they're just trying to get all those iTunes gift cards so they can make sure their kids have money to buy uh, the fourth season of South Park from iTunes. Dude, like, I don't even know what I would do with an iTunes gift card. Um... I guess guess not pay for, like, some of the subscriptions I have on there for a month. That would be cool. Actually, you know what? Yeah, that's what I want. You want iTunes gift cards again. Hell yeah. Like, I don't know. Maybe I have too many subscriptions. We've come full circle here. The full ten years. You know, ten years ago, iTunes gift cards. Now iTunes gift card. They're useful. You can make a dollar work no matter where that dollar comes from. I guess that's true. So, uh, this movie had a much bigger budget. This one was $9 million versus the $640,000 of the last one. Uh, that's even adjusted for inflation significantly more. And the box office gross was about $21.5 So, that's, uh, that's a pretty good return on investment. Not quite as much as the last one, because the last one to take, like, uh... We're going to call it roughly a half million and turn it into four million, so that's like an eight times over return, and on this one, you're really only looking at a little over twice the budget. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, I think they were lucky to even get that. I think they probably got their money back. They maybe got some money on home video sales. Mm-hmm. And that was probably about it. Yeah. um, This one has some more recognizable actors uh, just, I guess, by nature of being a more modern film. So we have uh, Katie Cassidy as Kelly Presley. Uh, She's from Taken. We have Michelle Trachtenberg as Melissa. She's actually in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, fun fact. So again, with these TV tie-ins, we got the X-Files, we got Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I'm feeling like the 2006, mid-2000s era anyway. Like, this is like, this is pretty true to spec. This is a general who's who of uh, TV and film at this time. Yeah, uh, we also have Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Heather Fitzgerald, uh, known from Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, among other things. Uh, I like her in everything that she's in. Yeah, I I really like her. Um, I, I I I like her as Ramona Flowers. I could not see anyone else being Ramona Flowers. Definitely did a good one there. Uh, maybe a Shelley Duvall. <laughs> <laughs> I I would. Like, Shelley Duvall in, like, 2010, or, like, take Scott Pilgrim back and do it in, like, the Shining era, Shelley Duvall. Could you imagine setting Scott Pilgrim vs. the World in, like, 1980? Oh, dude. That would be kind of cool, actually, because it's an interesting story that, like, is almost timeless in a sense. Yeah, like, I mean, it's, you know, it's definitely got a very hipstery vibe to it but i don't see why you couldn't take that story and redo it in a different era it's almost shakespearean the fuck who, it who should have even thought Hoomst. 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 okay let's move on to the critical reception uh not nearly as good as the original, not even close. Like not even the, the uh, not even in the next ballpark over. Yeah, the, I mean, a Rotten Tomato score of fifteen and IMDb of four point six. Like, yeah people did not were not feeling this. Movie. Uh, really, weren't really weren't. Um, they chose to release the thing on Christmas Day, as we referenced before. Um, this got a lot of backlash. People did not appreciate that. Uh, I don't know why this wasn't as big of a deal in nineteen seventy four. Uh, but there were advocacy groups like family advocacy groups who were very upset about this in particular I, like why do they get upset like I don't I will never understand like religious based groups getting just so fucking upset about just dumb shit that doesn't matter it's not like it's not like the movie is you know depicting jesus in some sort of horrible way it's like it just so happens to happen on christmas like i don't get mad like when a disaster movie comes out and the disaster happens on my birthday uh, oh okay. I mean, I see, I see where you're coming from there. I think the problem is more or less that they're getting paid to do a thing and, like, people support them so that they do a thing. So if it's a high profile enough outrage, then people might be more apt to support them or do something like that. In this particular case, it was the Liberty Council. Um, the Liberty Council is like an evangelical advocacy group. Uh, they are someone who gets really upset about like uh like like family issues quote unquote so like the whole like lgbt adoption thing and like the whole transgender bathroom thing they are all involved in that oh they are one of those groups that people like these are monsters we're talking about yeah to a lot of people that would absolutely be the way that they would describe this and i think that their greatest greatest sin was fucking with the 2006 release of black christmas Oh, yeah, for sure. That's the worst one. You know, like, I just feel like these people are just people that just have nothing better to do than, like, Hot this Jesus, Let's boycott it. And then followed by no one boycotting it because, yeah, you're stupid. Hot <speaking> takes. <to say> <language> like, like... Ah, like, I'm like I'm so glad that you and your church group didn't go see this movie. Do you think that affects the bottom dollar at all? No, as a matter of fact, if you cause a big enough shitstorm, it's actually free advertising. So I really don't know what it is that you're doing. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just a feel-good circle jerk. I guess. Like, does it really make you feel any better, though? I don't know. I'm not one of them. I I don't think I've ever been associated with anything like that. I'm not really one to get too wrapped around the axle about much of anything. No, and, like, I don't care. Like, (sighs) I mean, I guess it's the same way that, like, I sit there and watch, like, uh, religious-based movies and laugh at them. I guess that's the same way they feel about this. Like, they feel like it's the world laughing at them. Huh. So when you say that what kind of religious based movies are we talking about? Are we talking about um uh, like Facing the Giants or are we talking about Passion of the Christ yes. or are we talking about like um like Shrek 2 specifically? T- <laughs> Shrek 2 was a religious a- Absolutely. For me. Like I don't understand how anyone could not be moved to tears by that film. Um I'm more specifically talking about uh God the God's Not Dead series of films. Oh yeah, we're going to do that whole thing right now. No, I I actually would like to um to maybe do a mini episode either on one or two of the movies or on all three of them there's three of them I don't now? Th- yes there are three. oh man I... from i haven't seen the third one but i think the second one is the absolute most ridiculous i have seen none of them so that makes it a perfect candidate for us doing episodes on oh man we should do it in a slow month like february Ooh, yeah mm, nothing screams uh nothing screams god's not dead like a manufactured hallmark holiday month oh man dude like we're also in the middle of a hallmark movie shit so i'm like who watches these things yeah i don't know about the hallmark channel and like all that stuff like i, I what is the purpose of the hallmark franchise like wh- why why is that a thing wh- why are we doing that like what what is this it's like it's like Cracker Barrel without food correct like it's I don't I don't really know like when all of that started but it's the same thing with like a lifetime like movie of the weeks like that kind of deal it's it doesn't really make any sense like I don't know who it's for I mean like I guess I know who it's for like I don't want to be like stereotyping but like it's for like you know Moms, boomers, I guess, and it's boomers. It's like, um, it's like I was kind of like talking about last week with Christmas shoes. Mm. It's like they, th- those movies are like fantasy fulfillment things. It's like, girl wor- works in New York, goes back home to small town, has to milk a cow, has to save the farm. Like you know, it's like it's all that kind of shit. And it's like, who's this for? And like they have one for every situation. Mm-hmm so like girl works in new york city and her whole family dies on christmas so she adopts a new one she adopts a whole family I made that up. Um, Maybe I need to go work at home. You know what? I I like where this is going, though. Uh, Did she go to the, the, like, the family services center and be like, I'm here to look at the families"? So they take her through, like, a big concrete block room where they have this gate set up and there's this families inside. Be like, oh, wow, I didn't realize this was South Texas. Thanks for ruining my Christmas. (laughs) oh, that is horrible, please free those poor babies and their parents. So, please stop. without getting too terribly political and dogging on the Hallmark Channel too much of all things, um, the, the movie is considered to be belabored. Something that we've talked about already with the backstory and, like, it's just a little too much, a little too long. Like, I don't, I appreciated some of the stuff in the backstory, but there's just so much of it and like it doesn't like it doesn't pertain to now like it doesn't make any sense still right like the only thing that i saw come out of that was they explained uh, in this particular movie not the old one is that agnes they brought agnes into it billy they explained who billy is i uh, his parents his mom his stepdad his dad I, i there's there's a lot that didn't need to happen or could have been summed up in about a four-minute backstory that ended up taking up about like a quarter of the movie right and it's just it's unneeded it's unnecessary like to me like i like it when movies stay in the now like whatever you're watching is like it's happening now Mm -hmm. And whether that means that, like, something doesn't get explained or, like, you kind of have to fill in the blanks yourself as you go along. Like, I like that so much more than, like, them just, like, you know, ham-fisting it over to me. Well, that's exactly what they did in the 1974 version. Exactly. And this movie, it's literally just, like, Billy might as well have had a ham for a hand and just, like, kept hitting himself. I mean, that's basically what happened, I mean, depending on the way you look at it. Correct. So speaking of, um, a little backstory into the movie. We haven't really talked about the film at all yet. Um, it wouldn't really be fair to do a synopsis for both films because they are almost the same, but it wouldn't really be fair to do a synopsis of both films together because they're different enough to warrant different like takes. So let's just go through each one real quick and talk about what happens. So In the 1974 version, it is, again, sorority sisters in a sorority house. It's around Christmas time. Um, Weird stuff starts happening around the house. People start turning up missing. And there's, like, a subplot with one of the sorority sisters and her boyfriend. This is the guy that's played by um, uh, your boy from uh, 2001 Space Odyssey. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that guy, yes. (laughs) They do this whole thing where um, they're trying to find the girls, and then other people start going missing, and then bad things are happening. They keep getting the weird phone calls obscene, shockingly obscene for 1974, and uh, they track the phone calls to figure out it's coming from inside the house, whoever's doing the shit's inside the house, and so that's kind of the climax of the film, and then it it goes from there. Um, The 2006 version's not really like that. It focuses more so on Billy, who is the killer. Billy Lenz, And they didn't necessarily confirm or deny in the first movie that Billy Lentz was, in fact, the killer. They just kind of suggested that he might exist. And they didn't really give any backstory. They make him out to be some kind of, like, Bloody Mary-type character in the 2006 version. Yeah, like where he, like, like, like he can be summoned. Right, and he comes out on well not that he comes out on Christmas but they have to leave him a gift on Christmas and how people think that's insensitive and how all that stuff happened. Now it makes me wonder um, since this film takes place in the future and the whole Billy Lentz thing is going on this is like a follow on film to that film I don't think it can be that way, right? Because like it takes place in a house where the murders have already happened he is a legend, whereas he's yeah. mostly unknown in the last one do they, I can't remember, do they make specific mention of the events of the 1974 I film? I don't think so. I want to say that it's mostly just focused on Billy Lynn's and his family, because, you know what, no, it can't be, because it takes place in 1974, but there are no people living in the house in 1974 other than his family, who, might I add, are the living embodiment of the Bruce Springsteen song, Born in the USA. <laughs> Literally how do you Uh, figure dad gets in a a bind uh he gets sent to vietnam he comes back kind of messed up his family's all jacked up and then bad things happen to him and it's like why is all this happening to me yeah that that is born in the usa by bruce yeah he has a wife who's just downing screwdrivers one after another until she just becomes like emotionally physically and sexually abusive which is a weird combination, just uh, just a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, a little bit of column C. And you know what? For hating her son for having jaundice, yellow skin as much as she does, she really isn't considering what her husband must be going through, considering his history with the war. Right. You would think it would be the other way around. You would, but uh, then again, it is this movie. Yeah, so, I mean, that being said, um, why don't we talk about booze for a little bit? Yeah, let's, let's get off of this for a second and talk about booze. Okay, so... Screwdrivers. Everybody's had one. Everybody has uh, wondered how to make them. Well, it's not that hard. Uh, you probably haven't wondered how to make them. You probably just looked it up on your phone. But knowing you, you probably messed the uh, ingredients up or you messed up the ratios and you fucked it all up. And now you, too, are in a blind rage and wondering how you can abuse your family members. <laughs> um, I... I no. We're, we Please are ruining this Christmas sex we are ruining this Christmas. Okay, just like all the ones before. Also, on. what is it with citrus at Christmas time? Why? Why is that a thing? I, I know citrus is like a wintertime fruit in many cases. I guess because it's sweet and reminds you of your childhood because you drank too much Sprite. Ugh. God, what, what is what, what is it with Sprite, dude? Do you not fuck? With I Sprite? like Sprite, but like I never pick it. Like okay. Hold on, would you rather have a Sprite or a Fresca? Fresca, 100%. Okay, yeah, it's the, okay, so Fresca. Let's go Fresca. Okay, you know what, we're we're off base from being off base. Okay, so uh, to recap, if you missed anything, uh, you're going to get some orange juice, some vodka, that's it. But the ratio is important. So typically this is done in a 1 to 3 ratio where you have one part vodka, three parts orange juice, and a glass with ice. That's it. Really simple. Uh, you can alter that around to your taste a little bit, but some people still find that the orange juice isn't enough to cover up the, like, uh, I-, I won't say ethanol nature of the vodka, because it's really the only thing you're getting off of it, because it really doesn't have a flavor all its own. It's different if you do, like, a tequila sunrise, which is essentially the exact same drink substituting tequila for the vodka. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. You and I can disagree forever on this tequila thing. I just I don't really like vodka or tequila. That what much, about vodka? So, um that sounds horrible. That sounds like Scotchka. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> that doesn't need to exist. So uh, you take these ingredients you mix them together? That's it. You put a garnish on it if you want to, I recommend an orange wheel. But if you wanna take it up a notch, if you wanna do a down by three eleven version of the screwdriver, then I've got one for you. Oh, no. So, I don't have a special name for this thing, because it really is just a screwdriver, but uh, we're going to balance the flavors a little bit. So, if you take, like, an ounce of vodka, a half ounce of triple sec, three ounces of orange juice, and two ounces of Mountain Dew Kickstart and mix those together in a glass with ice, you're going to have a cocktail that's a little bit sweeter to balance out kind of the sourness of the orange juice. Uh, use real orange juice. Don't get, like, the pre-mix, like, minute-made concentrate stuff. Get, get like, the not-from-concentrate juice. You'll thank yourself later. It's so much better. It's better for you. So can I use Sunny D? If you use Sunny D to make a screwdriver, that is the saddest thing I've ever heard of. But, yeah, it would work. Uh, you're better off doing Sunny D and rum, though. Sunny D. Yeah, it's a flavor I just thought up. That's for all you YouTubers who have been in the game since 2008. I don't know whether to be disgusted or impressed. I it's it's a YouTube video that had Vine energy before Vine. Ah uh i'll have to go look that up later anyway yeah, so uh, if you're looking for something to fuel your holiday rage i feel like the screwdriver is probably your best option you get two ingredients if you want to be simple a few more if you want to be fancy and uh have fun with it it's something that you can drink down it's real simple and um don't abuse your family members yeah please drink responsibly and don't uh inappropriately to- touch anyone yeah that's a bad good touch bad touch all of them are bad touch everything is bad touch unless someone says you right can't. everything the light anyway. touches simba is bad touch <laughs> jesus christ all right let's uh, let's talk about the differences between these movies here okay so li- for a little like bit like we were talking about before it really focuses on billy they confirm billy's existence they give him a backstory they give him a current story and they uh move around a lot more um they spend a lot of time in the house around the house but there's a sanitarium and then there's a hospital so there's a lot of different settings and it really just kind of makes you wonder when the movie's going to end right kind of like probably listening to this podcast sometimes like when are they gonna yeah end exactly this? like what what are, who, what are they doing what what's happening right now? what are they doing why is this yeah happening? what is this worst podcast ever worst podcast ever um anyway the, the original 1974 version of this movie is just phenomenally better. I agree. I I, I honestly... This is one movie I could say it's so bad you could just skip it. Like, there's, there's legitimately no reason to watch the 2006 version. I think that it's good if you really like Scream. I think it's good if you really like Scary Movie. But I don't think it's good for any purpose other than being a part of that cinematic, like, bloodline. But it's not even, like, a like, a humorous movie. Like, there's no humor to it. Uh, it's almost like if you're into Miley Cyrus and you're like, hey, uh, what's like Miley Cyrus but not Miley Cyrus? You're like, oh, Metro Station has her brother in it. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's it's so far related from this movie, from the original movie, that, like, I honestly feel like they could have just giving it a different name. I mean, I guess technically they did, because it's technically Black x uh, Yeah, Black x Th- That's one thing in this movie that didn't really exist in the last one. I mean, not like explicitly. There's a lot of Christmas hate going on, and like, uh, yeah, I get it. Like, yeah, church holiday, uh, it's like a tired point. Like, can we not just talk about that all the time? Right, like, you're either in Christmas for the religious re- reasons, or you're in it for blatant commercialism. Like it's it's one oh, right. Or the other. Don't get mad at people for like believing in Christmas. Like it just it's we don't. It's a hate crime if you tell someone that Ramadan is stupid. So don't don't do this. Don't ruin Christmas like, for people. Celebrate whatever it is you want to celebrate, as long as it doesn't harm other people. Right. As long as you're not That's throwing a bunch of money at the Liberty Council, I don't think we have a problem here. Right, like, if no matter what you celebrate, no matter what you do in life, as long as it's not hurting anybody else, you're A-OK by Right, me. we've got Festivus, we've got um, Hanukkah, we've got Kwanzaa, which is the real Black Christmas. <sighs> Jesus Christ. You know that holiday was invented in, like, 1968? Yeah, it's a, one of the more recent holidays. It's like holidays. a truly American holiday. True, even though it celebrates things that don't have to do with America, which is very but It's strange. the African diaspora. diaspora Diaspora. that's a new word yeah it's actually a really sweet holiday you should look it up on wikipedia also wikipedia is doing their holiday fun drive right now so gift to wikipedia or something yeah definitely give away to wikipedia especially if you use it all the time like me i I think that's uh, like most of the stuff that we say on this podcast is something you could get from wikipedia you could get from wikipedia you could get from imdb you could get from looking at the first two pages when you look up a movie on exactly but you don't you want to hang out with us you wanna hang out with us, you wanna talk to us, you wanna hear what we have to say, even if, like, in this episode, there's not much to say, because, uh, fuck this 2006 Yeah, movie. again, we're kind of off the rails. Uh The kills are a little bit more graphic in this one. I don't think that really comes as a surprise. Um, there's, uh, a little bit of nudity in it. I'm kind of surprised that the 70s version didn't have any nudity in it, too. I feel like there was a lot more of that going on back then. Again, with the whole Wicker Man comparison, it's... This is not similar to that. No, it's not. Like, I mean, honestly, like, I, I kind of like how refined I guess is the word that they used and that and that you used earlier like it's more refined the 1974 version like it almost feels like they're that they know what they're doing and like it, it's truly kind of scary. Agreed. Uh, there are more complex characters. Uh, Peter, for instance, for a while you think he is the killer. They don't actually verify that he isn't the killer but uh, he has a lot going on. He's kind of a weird character. He has a very complex relationship with Jess and that is a major plot point that sticks. That makes you care about the characters and like I'm not going to say the 2006 version doesn't do that because the relationship between um, like the sorority sisters and their family members on the outside or the relationship to each other there's a little bit of cringe there i think where they talk about like she has a real sister right here and it's like a sorority sister i'm like nah, well <laughs> yeah, up. Did we need that? Did we need to say that? It's like watching, like, I, I, I don't know, like a military movie and be like, my brothers! And then be like, if you know anyone in the military, they're like, everyone around me is a shit sack and I hate them. Exactly. You know, enough people in a room, you're gonna hate more of them than I you I was like. gonna say, cross-section of life. Like, I, I, I don't think any real person would say that, so when you look at a group like that and you're like, oh, well, sorority sisters, I mean, that's like a crazy, that's like a cool thing. Well, I mean, they're just normal people. Or like in the military, just like, oh man, that's what, probably like this crazy thing. Well, I mean, they're just Normal people with normal people problems. Right, they just so happen to belong to the government. Yeah, exactly, and the sorority sisters belong to... Greek life? Do? Uh, yeah, I don't really know how that... You you have been there. Tell, tell me about Greek life, Zach. How, how realistic is this depiction of Greek life? Um, it is not. Um, There's, I mean, definitely the drinking and the partying are there. Oh, yeah, but... like chasing your shot of tequila with red wine. Yeah, which is just that's just a bitchy move like why would you do that like that that sounds like someone who's never drank alcohol before like that's what they would do, yeah to be like oh yeah i drink alcohol. And speaking of the in the 74 version of like the the house mother that's who that's what she is right yeah, like she's the one that like is technically the caretaker of that right. house. Right. Uh, she has these little bottles of what I assume is whiskey, just stashed in so many places around that house. Like I just there's I counted like five different bottles throughout the movie that she just whips out of random places. <laughs> I think the most interesting one being in the toilet. yeah the toilet tank. You <laughs> just pull that shit right up with a line and be like, haha, mine. I guess she does that to hide it from the girls so that they don't drink it on uh, her. But, ha- what? It's a sorority house! They're already drinking! Right. That's what I'm saying, so that they don't take... The oh, so she's always got a guaranteed stash. Yeah. That's... She She needs a little bit of help, I think. Rob, yeah, I, I just... It, you know what? We're not here to talk about that. Uh, if you. We're not here to judge. Uh, we're not here to judge the Exactly. Dead. Spoiler alert. Yeah, right. so even if they are only dead on the screen. Even if they are only dead on the screen, they are still the dead and we still respect them. Right. So... Uh, as far as like the the finales of the movies goes, like the ends of the movies. Um, there's a survivor in both movies, different characters, different situations, different reasons for... Situations. Yeah, di- different, like, reasons for relating to them. Uh, I don't really see any parallels there. No, like, in the finales of these movies? Yeah, because there's one survivor in the 2006 version, and there's really one survivor in the 74 version. But even though it's not really confirmed, it's kind of, uh, left open to interpretation, like, maybe she got murdered yeah by the way worst crime scene work of all time oh yeah like who just leaves her in the yeah, house there's literally a blood-covered mattress in the next room over no one decided to uh, mark that off nobody decided to cover that with anything no one decided to take that in for evidence um they just leave the house there they clearly didn't sweep it thoroughly enough there's like there is so much going on here that's an absolute no this right. is like an oj simpson thing waiting to happen just just like a so mismanaged you are mismanaging this crime scene sir i just like I, again not to be that guy again not not to just go on about the stuff nobody cares about i care i'm glad you care it's convenient that you're here doing this podcast with me because you care i'm here to care when no one else does especially like uh, our wives and girlfriends who just absolutely do not care what we talk about you know movies. what man that's fine that's fine uh we're just like taking this one episode at a time our first double feature i think is going great Correct. and um i think that's about it i don't think there's a lot to talk about between the two the 74 version is definitively better Right, and uh, it is yet to be seen if this new one will be better. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say I doubt it. It might be, like, good, but I don't think it can beat this uh, one from 1974, especially because it is such a uh, prototypical slasher movie. Like, it's almost like a uh, like we were talking about last week with uh, Miracle on 34th Street, where it's like a uh, prototypical Christmas mm-hmm. movie. Like, I feel like this is a prototypical horror movie. It's also, like, a very realist horror movie. It is, and that's one thing that I appreciated about this one that I did not get out of the 2006 version. The 2006 version... It almost felt like it was supposed to be an exploitation movie, but they didn't go far enough I agree. I think that they could have gone that way and didn't, which just kind of... It it lacks teeth at this point. Like, that's really all that means to me. Right. And that's the the biggest thing about, like, some of these remakes, especially from, like, the mid... 2000s is just like there's just no teeth on any of this it's not scary like gore is not scary like you can you can get used to gore in a movie like if a movie like has a gory scene like every 15 seconds like, you get used to it after a minute. Like, there's no suspense. Like, yep, he's gonna kill that guy. Whatever. Right, and sometimes you get, like, creative gore sequences, and you get, like, truly gut-wrenching, like, imaginative gore sequences. But, I mean, you can only do that I so think. Much. I think in order for gore scenes to be, like, gut-wrenching, I think it has to be kind of realistic. Yeah, I can see that. And, I mean, if you're gonna do that, why not just go on leak and watch someone get struck by lightning? Um, because not all of us want to do that. Um, I am not in college anymore and i think they took down Reddit fifty-fifty. if i'm not mistaken they did not they, they did not, not. Still it going. is still up uh it's not as good as it used to be though i yeah i doubted that it would be i haven't been on there in years uh yes i i, I doubt i even follow it yeah anymore. do drink yourself a few screwdrivers and play Reddit at if you're a uh, brave and over <laughs> the age of 18 Right, because there are some things on there that you will not want to see. I, th- I believe there used to be different severities to it. Like, um, there used to be, like, a uh, safe-for-work fifty fifty. There used to be, like, an extreme 50-50. And, like, all that stuff, like, like people were really into that, I remember. Yeah, see, I would be happy to have one that's a link to the 2006 version or the 1974 version, and that's the 50-50. Ooh, maybe we could do, uh, do that on, like, a subreddit, like, 50-50, like, a good movie and a bad mm, movie. And then you have to watch For the like, entire thing. Yeah, like a good scene or a bad mm. scene. Okay, yeah, no, that's actually a pretty fun little internet game there. Well, I think that this is a good installment into our Christmas series. I'm so glad that we covered this movie. It was fun to watch. It was good to get back into the horror. It was good just like soaking back in. Just soaking, soaking it back into up to the oh, yeah. horror bathtub. <laughs> yeah. Uh Put my put my toes in, baby. Oof. Anyway, um, yeah, this was this was a fun one. I am glad that we watched both of them. Well, I'm not really glad that I watched the 2006 version, but I I am glad that I rewatched the 1974 version. Um, also, just in case anyone's wondering, um, this was recently re-released by Shout Factory in a very nice, uh, Blu-ray case huh. that also has a audio commentary on it with uh the actor who portrayed Billy. Uh. Being Billy on the auto audio commentary track, and it's uh, at least interesting for five minutes of your huh. time. So, could you just play that into the phone when you call someone? I would not. Ah, uh, why is that, Zach? Why would you not do that? Why would you not? Because uh, phones can be traced now, and uh, you can. There are certain crimes that you can commit over the phone mm, now uh, not at all like our friends down at the fake irs building N- uh, those people should be arrested and they're not and it's horrible. yeah i don't really understand how that's not like a like, like a major prosecutable offense like i don't understand why there aren't more people in jail for that that's not what we're here to talk about it's because it's untraceable, but we will fight them another day. Uh, for this week on um, For Your Information, I'm and Zach. And I am an enemy to all IRS impersonators, John. John is the uh, Rambo of taking care of those people. Have a good week, guys. Happy holidays. Like the Wild thorn Yes. Yeah. This is me, your average family. We live in a shit-mobile. Did you say a shit-mobile? Dude, what if you had a car that ran on shit? Um, you could. You You would never run out of fuel. Like, if you're on the road trip, like, everyone just eats, like, super grody foods, and that way, like, you just keep going. I think the thing that you would have to do there is to harvest the, like, fuel capability from the shit. You would have to have, like, a big repository, and you would have to collect the methane gas that comes off of the decomposing shit. And you can burn so, that methane gas for sure. So, what you're telling me is it's not technically a shitmobile; it's a Jankum mobile? Yeah, actually, you're 100% on the nose with that. It is Jankum <laughs> that you're fueling your car with. Okay, so you're talking about Chuck E. Cheese, <laughs> right? Um, I actually have not been to a Chuck E. Cheese since I was 18 years old. I remember uh, we threw uh, one of our friends, Sarah, uh, her 18th birthday, we threw her a surprise party at Chuck E. Cheese, and that was the last time I stepped foot into Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, I'm glad that you clarified, because 18 is far too old to be going to a Chuck E. Cheese for any other reason, but, uh, Sarah was, what, 17, 18 at that time? Yeah, it was, it was literally on her 18th birthday. That's still pretty damn old. I get it, it's like a novelty, but, like, Chuck E. Cheese. Well, I mean, it was on, like, a it was on, like, a Wednesday, there was no one there anyway, and so we were just, like... Fuck it, Let's just throw her a party at Chuck E. Cheese. She'll think it's funny, huh. and she did. Like we did, and we did it the whole way. Like we got her the cake. We brought all the presents out. She opened them right there. It was awesome. Huh? Okay. Uh, we don't have nearly enough uh, appreciation for the Chuck E. Cheese universe of characters. Um, is there more to it than there's Chuck E. And then there's um all the other mcdonald's mascot knockoffs well that's what i was gonna say i think that their character's selection like their spread is equal to mcdonald's or better it's verging on homestar runner territory you are underselling the absolute fuck out of grimace i thought you were gonna say homestar runner and i was like wow zach you finally saw the light but no you said fucking grimace (laughs) dude i love grimace like grimace is my spirit animal grimace there's no way that grimace is not wanted for at least four different war crimes oh for sure but like also what the fuck even is he is he is he like the mold they make the chicken nuggets out of like i i never figured out what grimace is the chicken mcnuggets are okay so grimace takes a big old shit log right they chop it up into little like diskettes like cookie dough and deep fry it oh okay gotcha so it's grimace's shit you know you know the thing that like always like freaked me out when i was a kid i i, I can only imagine what it is okay so do you remember how like they had female versions of every mcdonald's mascot oh yeah <laughs> grimace was just the one with the fucking wig on it, it, yeah no and i was like that's just grimace that's not girl grimace or grimette or whatever her name is that's just grimace with a wig on and then it's like why does grimace just put a wig on and then assume a different identity like i don't understand like i guess i was too young to understand what drag queens were but what is grimace's reason for doing that (laughs) ah he's exploring a side of himself just like uh president hoover You you miss all the shots you don't take, but the shots that you miss and take, you are uh, shooting at a target that you may not know what is behind it. (laughs) That'll that'll be good for for some end outtakes. (laughs)